0: What can you do with an NFT? After all, there's way more to it than just a piece of art. NFTs unlock experiences. And as more creative entrepreneurs find their way into the NFT space, you can count on the available experiences and deliverables to level up. Today, we're pleased to welcome Tom Bilyeu, founder of Quest Nutrition, to the show. After creating and selling a super successful brand, Tom has branched out to podcasting, training, and NFTs. You'll hear about his founder's key launch and all the goodness owning one of his NFTs can unlock. And you'll also walk away with a healthy helping of inspiration and knowledge, because that's what Tom is all about. You now have in your ears the keys to all the things in episode number 581 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five,
1: four, three, two, one, two. Who's bad?
0: Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious, the crypto serious, and the crypto NFTs. I'm Joel Kahn, and that guy over there, who's not over there, actually, well, that would be Travis Wright, but Travis Wright is wearing mouse ears today. So I will let you put on your Sherlock Holmes hat and deduce where in the world he might be. That narrows it down to a few places. Let's just say that it might rhyme with cormando or something like that Uh, but he is here for the interview and we're glad that you guys are here this uh, talk with tom bill was uh, fantastic he's super inspirational super smart you're going to learn a lot of goodness today. Just want to let you know about our show sponsor Brave. They are the first wallet that is a secure crypto wallet built natively into a Web3 crypto browser. No extension required. Store, manage, grow your portfolio, get NFT and multi-chain support, and more. I use it travis uses it screw google screw chrome you don't want to use it they're watching you download the brave privacy browser at brave.com forward slash bad crypto click the wallet icon to get started it's that easy and since there's no place for witty banter because my sidekick is mousing it up at the mouse house today let's just get right into the interview with tom billion if you've ever been to a grocery store or a convenience store and picked up a quest nutrition bar well you participated in the economy of the brand that put uh, this gentleman on the map globally his name is tom billia he is the co-founder of quest nutrition which is a billion dollar brand check out these stats they grew fifty-seven thousand percent in three years huge wildly successful and now he is the co-founder and ceo of impact theory studios a digital first studio with entertaining original content all around themes of empowerment makes sense perfect follow-up to making food to equip our bodies now you are creating content to enrich the soul tom billy welcome to bad crypto Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. The Impact Theory University. I want to talk all about all this stuff. But well, let, let's let's set the Wayback Machine just to give people context. Um, I want a, a brief Reader's Digest version of the Genesis and the, the then uh, acquisition of Quest. Okay. So
2: I go to film school, graduate, think I'm going to get the three-picture deal. I don't. I meet these two very successful entrepreneurs who said, you come into the world with your hand out. And if you want to control the art, you have to control the resources. So come with us and get rich. Thought that sounds amazing. I thought it would take 18 months. It took 15 years, but it worked. Uh, We built multiple companies, but the one that ended up absolutely crushing was, as you said, Quest Nutrition. Uh, And I went from that to... um, impact theory and yeah that's the sort of really fast readers digest i'm happy to go deeper on any aspect if you want
0: 15 years is what we call overnight success in the business there it is right
1: it's Very exactly nice. right yeah we that's used great. to joke about that that's great so so you know let's maybe talk a little bit about that the quest nutrition thing so i'm, I'm like on a journey you know a lot of people are on a journey right now it's near the first of the year Eighty-seven percent of the people have already broken their New Year's resolution at this point. It's the sixth of January. Yeah. (laughs) So, so what? What I mean from from you know all those years of being in that, what are some of the key tips? I know you like to break things down into bite-sized chunks. So, like, what are some you know some inspiring words and nutritional thoughts about? Hey, it's the new year. You're doing it. Here's what you need to know from Tom Bilyeu. All right, well, there's two ways to approach it. You've got the mindset and then you've got
2: the nutritional component. So from a mindset perspective, it really does come down to how badly you want something. And the problem is most people pursue goals that they're not actually excited about. So if somebody from a weight loss perspective is saying, you know, I want to, I want to be healthier or I want to lose 10 pounds. They won't have the motivation to see it through because weight loss is very difficult. Uh, You need to have something like, I want six pack abs. I want my ass to look amazing in these jeans. Like it actually has to be something where whether you should be motivated by it or not is irrelevant. You are motivated by it. And once you click over into that, and it typically is a bigger goal is more exciting. And so while it seems like the bigger goal will be demotivating because it's going to be so big and so difficult, it's actually the reverse. The smaller the goal, the less likely you are to see it through. Um, So you need a goal that actually gets you excited because it's going to be difficult and When you start talking about any goal, boredom kills more goals than just about anything else. Like you get in there, it's hard, it's not fun. Mm. Exactly. So you got to be amped up about it enough to stick through it. Then now you've got the nutrition side. The nutrition side is really pretty simple. Eat whole food wherever humanly possible. Minimize your intake of sugar. If you do those two things, and then I'll throw in a third more controversial one and say, avoiding carbohydrates is almost certainly a winning solution because even though there are some sort of quote unquote good carbohydrates most people don't understand just how much a carb is going to turn into glucose in your bloodstream so from a blood perspective bread and a snickers are the same and so uh that's where people run into trouble and then of course just over consuming calories um so yeah the you can we can go deep on either one of
0: those aspects.
2: But, but those I, like, are really the two. I
0: like my bread, you skinny bastard. <laughs> I get
2: it, man. So do I. Look, I come from a morbidly obese family. I grew up the by today's standards, not chubby, but by the standards of the actual 80s and 90s chubby. And it was hard. To lose weight, especially pre internet, because I didn't know what to do. And so I was eating all low fat because it just made sense to me that eating fat makes you fat, which of course it does not, but I did not know that. And I remember I had this tub of licorice that I used to keep next to my computer when I would be writing. And a friend of mine one day was like, You know, I think if you eat too much sugar, it turns into fat if you don't burn it off. And I was like, That doesn't make any sense. How does sugar Ah. become fat? And I, it just, yeah, it, the, the amount of misinformation is pretty overwhelming. And then you exacerbate that by the fact that nutrition really does come down to an N of one, like your microbiome is going to be so different. Your genetic predispositions are going to be so different. How you were raised is very different. And so what might work for me may not work for the next person, Uh, which is why I say the only thing that's sort of universal is eat whole food. Um, and avoid sugar that
0: that's going to work pretty universally since you came up through the nineties, uh, was Dr. Adkins, your first, you know, awareness into, I wish, carbs? so
2: that didn't come until I was eating less than I'd ever eaten and gaining weight. And it wasn't until after that, that I finally discovered Adkins and it sounded crazy. Like when I first heard about it, I was like, uh, I don't know about this. Uh, but Eat that was bacon. Yes. Exactly. Low carb was the first sort of winning thing for me. And that was definitely on the back of the Atkins, Atkins craze.
1: That's great. What about, what about fasting? You know, this is one of those things that there's this dude that I, I don't know if you've interviewed him on your show yet, but his name's Dr. Pradeep Jamnadas. And uh, he is a, I believe a heart surgeon or something, but he has these he goes off he's got these amazing i think he's at berkeley or stanford or someplace and um he's got these videos where he's talking about he'll go into the science about like once you hit a certain time then your d your histones around your dna unwrap and then these magical shit pops out and now you got super healing juice you're know, like what and the guy's hilarious too he's like a sarcastic dude but he's like talking he's like and i'm not selling you nothing i'm just telling you don't do it because the pharmaceutical industry is so tied to oh you have this well then you need this this and this and this they never get to the root of the problem they're always they're always like hey have this symptom you have this symptom have this they don't ever get to it because it's so profitable and if you cure someone you lose a customer and so it's like it seems like you know the the whole thing so fasting doesn't cost anything it's actually the cheapest thing you can do
2: facts and it's super beneficial wildly beneficial so yeah i mean uh, i don't know how deep you guys want to get into this but when you start fasting, you're triggering a whole host of mechanisms that are incredibly powerful, but you're lowering your blood sugar, which is huge. And you're lowering, when you lower your blood sugar, then you no longer have the insulin pumping through your system. And early studies seem to be indicating that it's actually the elevated levels of insulin that the sugar requires your body to do that Maybe doing more damage. So hyperinsulinemia, where your body's just pumping and pumping and pumping all this insulin, and then the cells begin to close down saying, yo, enough, like we don't want any more insulin. We don't want any more of the sugar being stuffed into these cells. And so you become insulin resistant, which means your body pumps even more. And if it is true that the insulin presence itself is doing the damage, then by eating all of these carbohydrates that turn into sugar and elevating your insulin levels is a problem. Fasting is by far the best way to lower your insulin response, um, followed closely by exercise, since your muscles are a sink for um, glucose. And when you fast, you also trigger something called autophagy, which is where your body goes, Yo, I don't know when I'm getting more calories. So I'm going to go break apart these deformed and damaged cells so that I can get the building blocks back to use for something else. And so forcing your body into that autophagy where it's cleaning things up like cancerous cells and damaged cells uh, becomes really really critical. So, yeah,
1: fasting especially is huge. to fat cr- people in crypto because like it, people in crypto it works crypto sit better for people in crypto. All day that's why I'm just trying to tie it into the crypto vibe here Travis I just well like said, the word well autophagy.
0: well said it's just fun it's a say. good word right? autophagy, autophagy, autophagy. uh so uh, this is, we're gonna have to call this the good health podcast for this episode of, of bad crypto and uh, you know you've gone deep into studies because this is how you came up with the nutrition system that you did now did you I, I don't know the history of uh did you sell the company did you exit did you get acquired what happened?
2: Yeah, so we exited the company. We sold. um, Gosh, now a little over two years ago. It, but you. Don't so live I am no Rico, longer guy? involved in the company. No, no I wear Oh my god, the amount of money I would have saved. But the problem is that you. It's when you made the bulk of the value in the company. So unfortunately, you can't be like at the eleventh hour. Peace out.
0: yep we're done. Uh, so. It, yeah, well, we yeah. we we both made the move uh, last year for uh, you guys are in Puerto Rico right yeah, now. We're, we're we both are. here, so next time you come down, so beautiful. Yeah, we we love it, and we love getting to legally keep the money that we make. That's it's really an amazing thing.
2: Yeah. So I'm I'm in California, so it's like the oh double gosh. whammy of not only am I in sort of the the main part of the U.S., but I'm in California, so it ain't cheap. You you
0: know you can leave right. You're aware know, that man. I you know. Can, I know. It it has crossed my mind. I won't lie. Yeah, I guess when the the boundaries get pushed too far, everybody has their limit, and you'll know when your limit is crossed. And uh, yeah. you're an atlas, and when you decide to shrug, and uh, and move on, you will.
1: So let's like get... they go from California to Austin and then to Puerto Rico, but we just <laughs> skipped Austin.
2: My my wife isn't having Austin. That that has been taken That's off the table. Crazy. She's not doing it. So
0: maybe Florida. Yeah yeah austin is basically california light you know that's that's uh, interesting it's a it's a nice city and there's good music but um it's that pocket of texas that tries to be weird and okay i i'm just naturally weird i don't have to try it's just it just comes to me
1: i can attest to that i think we're both a little weird
0: Yes, for sure. So let, let's talk about um, your journey into crypto and NFTs then. How did you first discover? What, and what was your entry? Was it Bitcoin or was it NFTs? So it was NFTs for sure. And I, it started about six years ago. A
2: guy introduced me to a concept that he called V-Atoms. Mm-hmm. And he was showing it to me. And I was like, wow, this is going to change my business completely. And then I promptly forgot about it because the technology wasn't at scale yet. And then about 10 or 11 months ago now, um, somebody that I really respect was like, Hey, you need to look into NFTs. And I'd never heard those letters strung together before. And I went and looked at it and I was like, Oh my God, this is that V Adams thing that the guy had shown me. And I immediately understood what it was because as somebody trying to build a studio, you think a lot about, you know, toys and how you create different things for the people that are fans of your, um, stories to engage with. And so I was already going down the path of like looking at licensing and looking at, um, toy manufacturing and all that stuff. And so seeing that I was like, wait a second, this is going to be really transformational. And then Within 72 hours of hearing NFTs strung together for the first time, we'd allocated millions of dollars in development and pivoted the company towards becoming what we now refer to as a Web3 company. And the more that I engaged with the technology, the more I was like, this isn't just going to change my business. This is going to change business. This is going to change life. This is going to change the way that people interact. And it became really clear to me that this will be as transformational as the internet itself. Um, and so just to become really bullish, not only from, uh, what we're building our company on top of, but from, uh, as somebody who feels a deep sense of obligation to, um, put information out into the world that will make people's lives better, uh, just started getting really aggressive about talking about it publicly and getting people to do their research because who this is going to be, my hope is that web three is the bloodless revolution that we need at this moment in time. Um, and, you know, it it really is. We're in the middle of a tremendous wealth transfer. One of my own employees has done so well in NFTs that he put down an offer on a house based on money that he made in NFTs. I have another, again, this is an employee at, at my company and he's making way more off of NFTs than I could ever hope to pay him. So it's really pretty incredible. And to see, you know, younger people who have, felt totally disenfranchised by the traditional financial system, learning about it, first of all, that's the thing that gets me most excited. Um, But really being successful is, it's pretty extraordinary. And, you know, it's, as you guys will know, it's still so niche. When I think out five years, when we get sort of over some of the initial panic of change and people begin to realize how seamlessly, they're going to start interacting with this in the same way that the internet is just a seamless part of all of our lives. You don't think about the protocols and things like that, which are scary now. Um, this is going to be huge. And for people that get into it early or that have the creativity
0: to build something on it, it's going to be life-changing. So uh, yeah, I couldn't be more excited. Travel. I want to make an observation before you ask your next awesome question. And that is Tom said when he first heard about V Adams six years ago, he immediately was like, whoa, this is big, right? Rather than shunning technology and going, oh, no, that sounds like a scam. And then when NFTs came under his radar, he immediately got it. And this is the difference between visionaries, pioneers, leaders, and the the masses who follow. When you look at the people on Twitter that are, you know, listen to the media sensationalized stories about how NFTs are bad for the environment, how it's a Ponzi scheme or a pyramid scheme, they are the followers, this type of ability to instantly see the future based on new information is what leadership is made of.
2: I agree. Very kind. I'd be a lot more impressed with myself if six years ago, I had taken the <laughs> idea of V Adams and been like, all right, let's go right now. Well, I don't know if uh, that would have worked yeah. for you
1: then, because that, that was block V and I invested heavily in block V with that because I'm like, oh, these V atoms are, but the name sucked. And they didn't stick with anything. Once NFTs became a thing, like, you know block v i think finally is like oh we're calling themselves nfts now because that's what they are they were they were really early and i remember we i joel and i we both invested really early on in block v but it was just like too early i don't even if you had thought about it it would have been like oh man what's was gonna be yeah it wasn't ready it wasn't fully baked yet mr tom was getting there. It wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah. But I, I am sad
2: admittedly, cause there's a middle ground, right? I didn't have to invest or start building on top of it right that moment, but I didn't even keep like tabs on it, which oh, okay. who wish I had. But, uh, that's why when I saw where, where it had gone in the intervening time, I realized that we had to go all in very quickly. Um, so that, you know, I'll, I'll definitely take credit for that. But, uh, i
0: I do wish you're still early and to be fair no doubt we've all no doubt we've all made a lot of the same mistakes i mean travis mined 50 bitcoin back in what 2012 13 and and lost them them. they're gone so really whoa they're gone um i heard about bitcoin probably 2011 or 12 and usually i will be like oh cool new toys and i didn't understand it so i neglected it until 2017. but the the thing is we're all, especially in the NFT world early and you've mm. already conducted your first sale. So you're on top of it. Yeah, no, man, this is so exciting. And that's what I
2: really want to convey to people is one, don't think that the opportunity has passed you. I mean, that it'd be like in 95 saying the internet opportunity has already passed you. It's like, there's still today going to be new companies that come along that just absolutely crush and, you know, multi-billion dollar valuations um but i want people to understand the tech so that they begin to realize what's possible because as you get into the tech and look as a studio guy who thinks about story and engagement every day we're thinking of new cool things that we can do now it takes time to build it and all of that stuff but man like this has really opened up a level of engagement where you can in many ways sort of live inside the story. So we created one of our projects is this Christmas project called Merry Mods. And part of that was a decorating experience. So one of our characters is a Christmas tree and you got a chance to decorate that Christmas tree. There it is. And that has become so cool where you've got families with their kids decorating this character. And the next year you're gonna be able to burn that three of those characters to get the villain. But I don't think many people are gonna do it because there's it's a story moment where you literally have to sacrifice you, you know, this tree that has personality to get a villain. And so some people will do it because that's just how they roll. But it'll be so interesting to see as the blockchain gives us these opportunities what people will do. And then, you know, when I think about AR and all the cool things that we will be able to do with that, oh my God, like, yeah, we've got some really cool ideas for next year. Uh, And if we can pull off the technology, it'll just be unreal. So I I just, there's so many cool people with cool ideas pouring into the space. And if we can get them to create amazing things, not only will it hasten adoption, which will be cool because the more people that are in the space, the more people come into the space, right? Network effects. But also more infrastructure is going to be built, which then allow more amazing things to happen. It's just, oh, my God, this is one of the I want to grab people and shake them and scream and just be like, this is the opportunity you've been waiting for. Uh, so, yeah. So, you, so you're into there, assault
0: but... is basically what you're what you're saying. Right. I just want exactly to right know, in I, the name of Web3. I own two legendary founders keys, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And I totally missed. Um, Mary mods I didn't I because I'm in so many projects it's that I, I I'm not keeping up And our mutual friend John Lee Dumas said did you get your Mary mods I'm like what my Mary who's <laughs> he's like no he's like Tom's thing it's the first thing you can get you can mint but he, then he said you know what your three free mints might be better spent in the future because Tom is planning some other stuff so I'm doing a lot of talking Travis <laughs> All
1: right yeah so actually I think I have I also have two of the legendaries a five relentless and one heroic so I want man and thank and you guys I, so and much I also buddy. missed a merry mod so that was great so what let me ask this what is the best way to keep track of that because like I there's so many discords there's so many telegrams there's so many tweets like I mean I it's almost at this point where I need my nfts to send me an sms I need a text Dude, it, to be it, like hey
2: that really is one of the more interesting problems that the creators are going to have to solve. We think about this a lot at impact theory is, you know, how do you make it easy for people to keep up with what you're doing? Because we're, we're very much a utility play Mm -hmm. and our utility roadmap is so robust that if we're not careful, it becomes overwhelming just to pay attention to what you need to do. So for instance, um, like many people I'm sure, I bought a bunch of Gary V's books because I wanted to see what he did with the NFT. And I knew the book would be awesome. And it was, by the way. Um, But even just like keeping up with all the times that I had to go and like verify and re-verify, I was like, God, like we gotta make this easier.
0: But he's emailing he's doing it smart like you log in and you get email notifications hey you've got two weeks to do this hey this is your last chance to do that um whereas a lot of these projects they're not notifying you know uh, you have to be in the discord to to keep up travis is right we need an nft that monitors all of the nfts in your wallet or or i think something called a personal assistant might do the trick as well
1: yeah, I was actually Literally. thinking about that. For that that's where I this got is coming on, dude, having that SMS feature. That because it's like that's one of the biggest things to me. Is like, oh shit! Like, I don't know how many times it's been like, oh, I had an NFT. Oh, you can get your pudgy penguin. Like, I would have missed it if I hadn't known that I I get my pudgy penguin gift. If your, your little pudgy,
0: it. did you get your little yeah. pudgy?
1: I got a little. I got a couple little pudgies, but the yeah. thing is, is that if you don't know to go, like. There's no way. I need, you're right. I need an NFT assistant that can basically monitor all the Discords for us to be like you have this, you have that. Boop, boop, boop. That's going to be the thing that maybe helps out the mass, the masses be able to utilize their utilities cuz here I am, I got what? 8 of these things and I got zero merry mods.
2: <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. And this, you know, look, I hope it's us, but somebody's going to come up with a genius solution to this. But it is actually a problem. It's a good problem, but it's a problem. So yeah, finding a way to simplify the steps people need to take one to become aware and then two to actually take action and then having some mechanism by which you can see like, okay, Hey, if you miss this, is there still
0: something that I can do? So yeah, that that's, I think really important. Uh, May I assume that you were inspired by V friends to do uh, the founder's key?
2: Um, We took a very different approach. I I am blown away by VFriends. And as a VFriends holder, I think what Gary's doing is absolutely amazing. Um, we have a very different sort of ultimate approach to what we're doing. So he built a piece of IP. Well, he, he did an NFT drop and then he's going to turn the IP into something. So everything lives under this one piece. Whereas what we wanted to do was create an umbrella project. And then from there, give you access to a entire slate of projects that we'll build out because over time we're going to tell i mean dozens or you know hopefully over a long enough stretch of time hundreds of stories and so that we wanted to make sure that it wasn't glued to one thing because over time we'll be telling a lot of different stories some will be like mary mods where we'll come back around to it every year but others will be, you know, take any franchise where it has its moment and then you might not revisit it for five or 10 years. Um, So from that perspective, it's sort of the inverse approach of what Gary did. Um, but I watch Gary closely. I think he's absolutely brilliant and just a lovely human being and very much on the cutting edge.
0: Most um, amazing book launch marketing idea. Incredible. That, that I, I mean, I was like, oh, I wish I had thought of that because, you know, incredible. we always like to play in some new arenas. So let's talk about this uh, NFT launch because uh, we've kind of talked around it, but you uh, launched it founderskey.io. Uh, go ahead and tell us what it is. So
2: as I was saying, we, we're trying to build a Web3 studio that puts out one kind of story and we tell that same kind of story over and over and over. So I always liken it to Disney. What made Disney brilliant, they were able to sway culture by telling one kind of story from a thousand different angles. And if I say to you, I'm going to go see a Sony film or a Warner Brothers film or a Paramount film, you don't know anything about it. But if I tell you, I'm going to go see a Disney film, you already know something. And so impact theory, because look, my wife and I, when we exited Quest, we could have bought an island, retired, never worked again. So why do this? And the reason is that we had a thousand employees that grew up really hard in the inner cities. And right now in most of the developed world, your zip code is the number one predictor of your future success. And that's my animating force Is I'm not okay with that. And so... We want to make sure that nobody gets to the age of 15 without encountering a growth mindset at scale through story. And uh, you can, if you want to follow up on why that became my thesis, but that is my theory on how to impact people, hence the name of the company. And as we looked at what was going to be that disruption moment that actually allowed us to gain ground against an established studio like Disney. And I wouldn't have guessed that it was going to be Web3, but it ended up being Web3. So um, here we are. So we wanted to create something that was going to give people access to all the future projects that we were going to do. And that if you got in early, that you could capture 90% of the economic value of the product of a key. So there's three tiers of keys. You've got the legendary key, which is like you know an all access pass essentially. Then you've got the heroic key and the relentless key. And the legendary key and heroic key Um, those were more expensive and the relentless key was meant to be accessible for people on the come up. And um, there's what, I think seven different categories of um, like free access, early access, exclusive access, things like that, that people get. And the legendary key gets access to all of them. The heroic key gets access to less of them. And then the relentless key gets um, slightly less than that and we tried to tier out the access based on the sort of rough uh, value of each of the different tiers, and they're meant to be future-proof. So they get you access to a lot of things right now today, and we only sold against the things that we're doing over the next 18 to 24 months, Uh, but I plan to support this Product for the rest of my professional life. And so what's that going to be? And my hope is that, you know, this is like a 40-year project. Um, and we're just looking to do everything that we do at Impact 3. We do through the lens of the keys. And so the first thing was Mary Mods. And so you could get Mary Mods for free. And we've since actually updated the um the utility. So now a legendary key holder will forever get free mints on all non-partner products that we do. Uh, so Mary Mods being a great example of something that, um you can mint for free we have more projects coming up this year that you'll be able to mint for free um and the next big project that we have is called the custom avatar and we're really trying to do some pretty interesting uh groundbreaking things there from a technological standpoint and again that'll be free for um, key holders so trying to create because Part of what I think is so magical about Web3, and and this is what I mean when I say that this is the bloodless revolution that we need at a time where um, the inequality financially has just gotten so crazy that historically, when it reaches these levels, you either have a war or a revolution. And my hope is that by offering ownership to the average person in a way that lets them front run institutions, that what's going on with the blockchain and crypto and NFTs is going to allow savvy people, regardless of whether they're well capitalized, to be able to come into this new space and really get some big wins and that's how we've tried to structure the keys that hey i'm building this thing i'm dedicating the rest of my professional life to building the studio that i really hope becomes something massive and i've got the historical track record to show that i have the capability to scale something we took quest from not existing bootstrapping it and building it to a billion dollar brand Um, we did it in five years so scaling is exactly what i know how to do Um, i've certainly shown that i stick with things when they get hard uh so this is an opportunity for somebody to come in and say hey impact Theory's created this product that i can buy now and as tom and team pour in the time and energy and resources to making this amazing that the community captures 90% of that economic value and impact theory only captures 10% of the economic value ongoing. Obviously we captured the upfront, but we're putting that money into building this thing out. Um, And when you take that at scale, like forget impact theory for a second, you're going to get dozens, hundreds, thousands of companies taking the same model over the next 10 years. I mean, I I think that it's to compete. You're going to have to do this and you're going to have to find ways because what. What set, and I'm sure that this has been gone over a zillion times on your show, so forgive me, I'll move through it quickly. Web one, write, read only, right? So you go to a website, there's information. Web two, you've got read and write. So I can go to a site like Facebook and I can publish my own information. Web three now is ownership and participation. So not only can you own a piece of that product that you support, but you can actually go into the community, they give you resources and you can create things. So for instance, we gave the lore and over the next year, we're going to give a ton of actual assets that people can use for merry mods, for instance, and they can create their own companies. So if you have a legendary key, one of the things that makes that revolutionary is the thing called the right to partner. So we had somebody build a Christmas tree ornament company off of our IP. And so you can now, you as the creator of that, get to capture the first $500,000 before impact theory makes a dime. Now to give you an idea of how different that is,
1: that is so I went different. to,
2: yes, I went to um, DC comics, which is a division of Warner brothers. And I tried to get the rights to the matrix. This was when it was considered a dormant franchise, their own words went to them. I said, Hey, look, I, you know, I've had this success in my previous company. I'm now doing this studio. I gave them the whole pitch and I said, I want to use the matrix IP. You guys aren't doing anything with it. I won't even touch Canon characters. Like, let me just do like a spinoff server, right. And tell stories in that. And they basically wanted 500 grand upfront just to have that conversation. And I Thought through that whole thing. Like, this is crazy. Like, I'm so passionate. I'm well capitalized. I can see this thing through, and you're still telling me no. Do you I think mean, you're that's basically making the, it Cuban,
0: Do you think Mark Cuban paid them that half a million? Because because nifty's, which is he's invested in that platform, ended up doing the matrix, and they sold a uh, hundred thousand um NFTs at fifty bucks each. I I red pilled mine yesterday, so they are all now free from uh, the matrix and I don't know. I'm not all that impressed. I think you probably would have done a better job with them.
2: Very kind. I wish I had been thinking about NFTs or V Adams back then, but alas, I was not. Um, And do I think that he offered that? Probably not. By this point, they were probably going to him and saying, hey, we don't know what we're doing in the NFT space. We want to do this right. But the typical way. And I won't, I won't put anybody on blast, but I had a similar conversation around anime properties because I'm obsessed with anime long story. Why, but I think anime is the future. And so I went to all the top brands in Japan and was like, Hey, here's my thesis. And it was the same thing. Give us a lot of money up front, huge guarantees. And I just walked away from that saying, this is not how you capture the energy of a community. And so I think of Web3 as like this really powerful solar cell, if you will, designed to capture the energy of a community. You have all these amazing, incredibly talented people and they will put their time and energy into promoting your project by creating things that you wouldn't create for yourself, but you have to incentivize them in the right way. And so the blockchain, oddly enough, it's not the, at least for me, was not the obvious answer that, oh, the blockchain is going to allow me to incentivize people, but that's what it does. And so now you can create these sandboxes. Your community comes in and creates amazing things. And then because their incentives are aligned with you, they want to push and promote it. But you have to have a new mentality of, I want you, dear community, to capture like a massive amount of the upside here and let them build companies off the back of this, let them use your assets. It's a totally different mindset Mm -hmm. and it it is not without its danger. (laughs) Let me be very clear that web three is like plutonium. Like you have to really be thoughtful about how you harness it and use it because it can blow up in your face. Um, But man, if you understand how to unleash that power, it can be extraordinary.
1: Let me ask you this around that, because you talked about how people were building on your own ip and i noticed you have a lot of different upcoming scripted shows it looks like different pieces of content like it sounds like you're creating a, a whole new level of of studio so are people able if they have their own idea are, are you guys is, is your studio open for pitches because there's a whole lot of really interesting people and creatives out there that that maybe have ideas for some of these because it looks like you're creating some animated cartoons on your own so like What's the thought process for scripted content from people maybe who are key holders that wanna maybe submit something?
2: So my obsession is with the idea of crowd validation. So the good or bad of creative stuff is that you're looking at a really gnarly hit ratio. Most of what you do will fail to take off. That's just the reality. So the vast majority of what even Disney has in development will never see the light of day. And so I know that, but what we want to do, and we're building out the platforms to allow us to do this, is to say, hey, we've got this IP, Merry Mods, Coyotes of the Air Gap, um, All Systems Go, whatever you respond to. Go create some fan fiction. Let the community upvote what they think is dope. And then if something hits a certain threshold and we think it's amazing and the creative team behind it is a team that aligns with us, we wanna work with them and they understand empowerment because that's our whole thing, right? We only tell stories that empower people. And so if that all aligns, then it's like, okay, we're gonna give this the equivalent of the blue check mark on Twitter and say, this is official, this is canon. We're now working with this creative team in an official capacity. But the real magic is all of that stuff that the community is engaging with, that people are developing, that they can try things, that they can do stories that we don't approve of, and this is where like negotiating this with the the sort of you know amorphous thing that is a Web three community is not easy. But getting that structure is something I'm obsessed with to make sure that whether it's a business idea, whether it's fan fiction, whatever, that we can have an arm's length relationship and say, hey i'm not saying that this is actual canon right so if you're doing some crazy uh you know if you hear about shipping where people put like random characters together in a relationship i want them to be able to do that and to play with it but i also don't want them to pull us away from the core story that we're trying to tell so it's like the vast majority of people are going to play in things that we're never going to give that check mark to but You want to create that space where the community could be like, you need to pay attention to this one because this one has something special going on. And then those ones that line up, then we'll incorporate. And we're working on that both with the right to partner companies where you have to go through the community gauntlet to get verified um, and partner perks and all kinds of things. But getting that community structure where they're incentivized to vet it and then raise up the cream of the crop, that to me
0: feels like the nut to crack
2: it kind of becomes
0: like a dow of sorts, right? That's, you know, the the community decides. So, I want to clarify one thing cuz here on the page for the legendary it says you get 3 free mints, but if I heard you correctly, any third-party project that you're promoting as part of this, you're going to get 3 free mints of any of them. So, One, this is the first thing that we have to update. So we're putting deadlines
2: to all of our, uh, the projects that we have to get rolling out. So we'll be updating this very soon. But what it is, is any of the mints that we do, what we call non-partner mints. Okay. Because on partner mints, it gets harder to, the quantities may be different. They gotta get Um, paid yeah exactly so we will absorb that wherever we can but i can just foresee times where we won't be able to sure. um so we round it to anything that we do that's non-partner you get a free mint if you're a legendary key
0: holder okay here, here's hey Joel, the other I got a thing. question
1: here but can you pull up on the screen these uh like the legendary one or one of the mints because they're, they're different and this is one thing that that I love because I'm working on a project where we're putting ancient wisdom on the blockchain called soul shamans. And I'm doing something similar where I was and then I noticed it just while we were re, while we were you know preparing for this interview. I was like, wait a second. These symbols look different. Each one of these symbols on these different cards are not the same on them. So it's like, what are the meanings of the different symbols that you put in, in each one of those di- those different uh, corners?
2: So yeah, so there are 50 total symbols and each of them represents something different. And we have a a whole breakdown uh, for anybody that wants to know, you can find that in our Discord. Um, Ultimately, we'll be doing things with those. So on the next project, for instance, the avatar project, the custom avatar project, you go through a decision tree and ultimately that decision tree is going to break you into factions. Part of what will determine your faction is the um, symbols on your key. And so there will be different things that different symbol has access to. And so we're looking for ways to integrate them more and more. They're all symbols around empowering ideas. Um, but so like the one there on the bottom left, that's a Tory gate where, uh, traditionally the understanding is that you're going from the mundane to the sacred. And so it's, you know, trying to incorporate ideas like that. The one in the upper right, it's a butterfly, uh, butterfly transformation. Um, also a nod to, uh, one of our stories called neon future that we did in partnership with Steve Aoki and, um, yeah, just worked in a bunch of things that matter to the ethos of the brand because impact theory is a very specific brand. We, what we want is anybody that engages with our brand, whether it's with the NFTs, the discord, one of our stories, impact theory university, whatever it is that you walk away feeling more capable in your own real life than you did before that interaction. And you know, look, my life is the answer to the question of what does a fast pig look like? So uh, I'll explain that. There's a quote, which I love, which is you can't make a racehorse out of a pig, but you can make a really fast pig. And I'm not a racehorse. Like growing up, nobody thought I was gonna be successful. I was not chosen most likely to succeed. My own mother quietly assumed I was going to fail when I left for college. Um, my That's best awesome. friends- Yeah. I mean, she cheerleaded for me the whole way, but she finally admitted one time. She was like, I just assumed you were going to fail. And um, my best friend said, Oh, yeah, I just assumed you were going to marshmallow your way through life. And when I went to my now father in law to ask for his blessing to marry his daughter, he said no. And they didn't misidentify me. That really was where I was at those phases in my life. But what nobody accounted for was that once you develop drive, you can get better. And I've just put my head down and spent the last 25 years gaining skills. And once you understand that you can get good at anything you want at any time, then how you spend your time becomes a spiritual consideration. And so that's my obsession. And because I have changed my life, I mean, literally took myself from scrounging in my couch cushions to find enough change to put gas in my car to building a billion dollar business and obviously changing, you know, my financial, uh, outlook for myself, my entire family. It's, it's insane. And it's a reflection, not of any innate talent that I have. It is a reflection of the human animal, which is designed to get better, but you've got to like really put in the work to get the skills. And so I wanted the keys to represent
0: that with those symbols. I like to think of myself as the bumblebee, um, but also a pig because a, bum, a bumblebee is uh, too heavy to fly aerodynamically it weighs too much for its wings to carry it but it flies anyway uh, there it's, it is it's one of those really bizarre things in nature so this is one of the legendaries in uh, in my wallet i've got one in one wallet one another so what do my symbols mean here
2: So you've got some good ones. Let's talk about the dragon for a second. So the dragon is, that's an Ouroboros, which is a really intriguing idea about um, birth and renewal. In fact, going back to autophagy, so this, the way that you get this cycle of life and death is by that self-consumption of it is this sort of necessary circle of something must die for something new to be born, uh, which I really like. And then also, um, again, that's something that we use in one of our stories of representing that moment as this opportunity of being a portal between your old self and your new self. Mm. Um, So that one is what that's about. And then the one in the bottom right there is both a nod to anime and why I think that's such a powerful storytelling uh vehicle and
1: that's the pink pill
2: and the the red pill but the red pill technically wouldn't have the line in the middle and so i did a hybrid between the two because one i was afraid people wouldn't recognize what it was uh without the line and then two i like mixing it up between the matrix reference which i'm obsessed with the matrix Mm -hmm. and uh
0: akira which is the anime that that comes from Um, So this looks like a CD-ROM drive over here that was mistaken for a cup holder. Is that what that is? Is That's hilarious. That That, no, that's that is so we tried to make the symbols um,
2: really stack. And so the circle with the line in it um, is about being able to basically improve. And so putting it in the box is about making sure that where you work, is the place that's taking you where you want to go. So if you know that you can improve. So we have one that's just a circle with the line on it, which is about self improvement, and then putting it in the box is about so we have these 25 beliefs. And one of the 25 beliefs is make sure that you're working somewhere that's actually moving you towards your goals. Um, So when you we did our best to make sure that there were sort of these base symbols. And then there were these other variations of those symbols that once you understood like what the base means that you could see it and be like, Oh, I get it. So if you've got a stick pointing up, it means something positive. If you have a stick pointing down, it means don't do something negative. Um, And so as people discover more and more what the building blocks of the symbols
0: are, uh, hopefully it all begins to make more sense. I bought that blind um, off the secondary market just knowing I wanted a couple it without even knowing and it's amazing to me that the dragon on there uh, because I, I have one tattoo on me it's a uh, it's a New Testament Bible verse and it is all about new beginnings and rebirth and so I'm like oh my gosh this dragon is eating his own tail I've this yes. is this, this is my, my man
1: that is awesome what do what the colors mean because like I saw Joel's legendaries. He has pink. Mine, both of mine are yellow. And then I see there's some blue ones and there's some purple ones. Are those part of the factions you're in, or is that what is it? No, we may or may not
2: incorporate that in terms of um, coloring some of the assets that people have access to based on their keys. Um, but the, we want to make sure that they look good. So I don't know for sure that we'll use a one-to-one correlation on the colors. That was really just to um, make it easier for us to distribute rarity across the keys. Beautiful. Um, the I symbols think. matter. The colors are more about rarity. I mm. love
1: those I love those symbols. I want to ask about this because you have a huge archive. How many episodes of Impact Theory have you done so far, Tom? Ooh, that?
2: That's a good question. So we do now three episodes a week. Uh so what's that roughly um 52 times three. So you're doing hundred and sixty ish a year. Uh we've been at that cadence for two years, and before that we were like a two. I'm not sure what the exact number is, but it's got to be close to two thousand at this point.
1: Right, huh? So let me ask you this. My my favorite one by far was was when I was introduced to David Goggins in that interview. That one right there, I watched that and I was like, holy shit, who is this guy? And if you guys don't know who David Goggins is, go down that rabbit hole. This is one of the baddest motherfuckers in the world, it seems like to me, at least mindset-wise. And so my question to you would be, you've done done 2,000 of these episodes. Like, which ones, if you were to say, hey, here are a couple must-see or here's five must-see episodes, of people that we've interviewed or people that you, you know, all who are on the journey of self-improvement or whatever, like if you had just a handful of, of ones that you said you should check out, which ones should they be?
2: Yeah. David Goggins is definitely, that's the, my go-to when everybody asks, you know, what's your favorite episode researching him really had an impact on me. And ironically when he was being pitched they weren't actually pitching him they were pitching somebody else but he happened to be in the video and this was before anybody knew who he was and i was like that guy's also cool but find me that navy seal because he is incredible and doing the research on him was really mind-blowing and then his book can't hurt me is absolutely extraordinary uh that book.
1: i listened to that audiobook two or three times and 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 like every time it's such a cool audio book because there's like a podcast at the end of each, at the end of each chapter, like such an amazing piece of content that is.
2: Absolutely incredible. Totally agree. Anybody in the crypto space also should listen to Raoul Paul's episode, which was absolutely fire. Also had Robert Breedlove on the show. Amazing. Um, love both of those guys. Really, really cool human beings as well. Um, in terms of self-development there, there is a, an untold list of people, Ryan Holiday and the ideas around. The obstacle is the way I think is absolutely extraordinary. Um, He's somebody I've had on the show a few times and always enjoy my time with him. Stoicism, I think is incredibly powerful uh, as an ideology. Um, Carol Dweck, who I had on the show actually before it was impact theory, but her ideas run through basically everything uh, that I do. She is really extraordinary. Um, Understanding some of the shows about the mind are really cool. Um, So had V.S. Ramachandran on the show, who's taught me more about the brain than virtually anybody else. Um, David Eagleman, who I've had on the show a couple of times, also a neuroscientist, just really understanding the brain is incredibly powerful for getting control of your own emotions.
1: That's Mm. so great. Are you going to take some of those powerful clips from these 2000 episodes and then convert a lot of those into NFTs? Because it seems like you've already built a prolific amount of stuff over there that could easily be valuable to, to people in this digital format. Funny you should mention it.
2: So uh, one of the things that we have in the roadmap for key holders is a site called Empower Mint, where we'll be uh, not only doing our own, but also um, teaming up with other people that are in the space that have these really cool, really powerful um, pieces of social content, some of which have become really iconic um, and doing something cool there. And we have some pretty neat things coming for key
0: holders on that one. This uh, It's a stacked offer um, i did not get to, i don't think i minted them live i think i bought them off the secondary market after they were alive i can't remember but when you look at the utility map this to me reminds me of when i used to speak on stage and teach and then offer you know something that had all of this training and you know it was just stacked and honestly i don't even know everything i've got uh, and i feel like this is just the beginning of it so i'm going to make a recommendation to you if i may I would I would get with your tech team and have them make it so that when you connect your wallet, you could also put your email address in so that you can alert us when something is going to happen because I don't want to miss another damn merry Dude, that's really smart. Really smart. Absolutely. That would just be that would be great. Uh, wow. Well, Tom, we really appreciate your time today. Uh, it's too late for you guys to mint the founders key, I believe right are they're, they're, It is. They're done.
1: 20,000 Open sea only at this point.
0: So.
2: Uh, we minted out I think sixteen and a half thousand, and then we um, are actually trying to put in deflationary mechanisms. So we have bought back a ton of keys and are going to be burning them. Uh, and I'll be looking for more ways to burn keys to continue to uh, reduce the supply. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over time.
0: But yeah, deflationary mechanisms are something that I'm excited about. I'm keeping my uh, my two keys. They're going to be huddled. I will not sell them. They are in the same league with my gift goat, which uh, is never going away. Which uh, V friends do you have? Um, I have my driven dragon and I
2: actually forget the the driven dragon I picked because that one I felt like represented me. The second one I bought because I was like, this floor has gotten so low. I can't believe people are doing this. This is crazy. Uh, and so went
0: and snatched up another one, but I don't even remember what it is. Now. Do you not have a gift um, goat? I don't have a gift goat. Now, Tom, I don't give financial advice, but I'm going to tell you, uh, go get a gift goat. That's where it's at. I get a gift goat because Gary, you're going to get there's 17 more gifts over three years And I heard that somebody tweeted that uh, I don't know if it came from his meeting or he tweeted or what, but something about finalizing a partnership with people. So can you imagine like every all 18 of these are going to be NFTs accompanied by a physical gift? He's already sent the first one to us. It was uh, a collab with Creature World. Uh, So that was a pretty popular series. The artist did the gift goat arriving in Creature World. There's 555 gift goats. So 555 NFTs were minted, five different colors. There's only 111 of each. We got a physical print in the mail that was signed by Gary and the Creature World artist and the NFT. The floor on the NFT is three ETH right now. Wow. Just that one NFT and there's 17 more coming. So uh, I I do have to ask you one more question. You're a Batman fan. Yes. So, so are you familiar with the VV app and what they're doing? I was very much inspired by that with Nice. Yeah. Did you yes, get some cool. of these in the, uh, in the VV I didn't.
2: You know what's interesting? I'm super inspired by what they're doing. And in the Bark experience, we were very much channeling our inner VV, but I don't own any VVs. Yeah. Well, I have mm. a
0: few Batman. That's why I'm like, oh. Yeah. Done.
1: I got to say this. When, when, when Joel found this one, I think in January, we found... Was going through was like, dude, I just found this NFT AR app on freaking out on Apple. We're like, what? And we looked at it. And we're like, holy shit! Batman, Back to the Future. Oh damn! The token price was one two hundred and sixtieth of a penny. So I was like, oh damn, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little bit in that.
0: Backed up the and, truck. And,
1: <laughs> and welcome to my home in Puerto Rico. <laughs> because thank you, Vivi. <laughs> thank you, amazing. Omi token. <laughs> Wow. NFTs are changing the world, folks. If you have not figured it out yet, Tom is going to help show you the way. And, uh, man, thank you so much for coming on today, Tom. It's really a, really a, a pleasure and a blessing. We, uh, we really thank you.
2: Thank you guys for having me, man. This was a lot of
0: fun. I appreciate it. Was that worth it? I told you that would be worth it. And Tom is fantastic. Great, great stuff from him. And I did manage to snap up two of the legendary founders key. And then after talking to him, I went and I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna go grab a heroic as well. So the links to his collection, his Twitter, and the Impact Theory Twitter, all in the show notes today at badco.in forward slash 581, where you can check it, check it, check it, check it out. And uh, Travis, I am you, come back. But have a good time with uh, with Goofy and Pluto and all those folks at the uh, the Mouse House. We'll catch you guys on the next episode, which will be out Sunday night. More chewy crypto goodness. It's especially chewy. Crypto podcasts are best when the consistency is chewy, not necessarily crunchy. Make sure you review, subscribe, rate, tell a friend, tell your dog. Animals really like us. And until next time. Stay and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. Oh by myself. Don't want to be oh by myself. I miss you, Travis. Come back. <laughs> Come back. Come
2: back. This is Tom Bilyeu from Impact Theory. You guys are listening to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Stay bad.